This episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Joe DiBiase. I did just watch the Sabre game, but at the same time, I also watched the Battle of the Bastards. And I'm Jordan Hanskin, and I assume you wanted Ramsey Bolton to win. Why would anybody ever want that? <laughs> now, just because I want things you don't expect doesn't mean that I wanted Ramsey Bolton to win. Yeah, you wanted – what was your thing with Gibbs? You always wanted something like bizarre I wanted, to happen. I wanted the White Walkers to win at the end. Okay, well that's not that because no that's one would have that seen crazy. No one would have seen it coming. Yeah. Um, See, I wanted I wanted somebody like I wanted Tyrion and you wanted, Sansa. No, you wanted um <laughs> you wanted Sir Davos on the throne. No, I wanted I I originally thought Stannis would have been fine, and oh, then he the then worst. he went and then he went and started burning everybody, there, and then I mean we lost. <laughs> Stannis was like. Stannis was like like sucked like Bolton Ramsey Bolton and um, Joffrey, but he, he also wasn't, wasn't even interesting. Super evil, he was, but he wasn't even interesting. He's like a gray character, and then he became bad because nice. of actions. I could have uh, done without him in the show completely. <laughs> oh no, no! You had the great, you had the great like, you had the great uh, lines with uh, Davos where he's like. First, we eat the horses. It's fine. We weren't riding anywhere. The horses. Then we eat the cats. I don't like cats. <laughs> <laughs> then, then the dogs. I like oh dogs. Loyal beasts. <laughs> oh my god, he sucked. You do a better scared. impression than. Yeah. But he is. Uh, but the thing with him was not to go off into this tangent. But he was like, he, he had no. Uh, what's it? You have like emotional IQ, and you have like regular IQ. Mm-hmm. He had zero emotional IQ. Yeah, he none. No, he inspired no loyalty. He was just like a miserable guy. He was and, an analytics guy. Yeah, and then <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's like, oh, you know, sacrificing uh, family members, uh, becoming sure. king, and he's like, ah. and it's like most most good people would be like, uh, no, I will not sacrifice family members. But uh, we digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle of the Bastards, though. Probably the best battle scene I've ever seen. I loved the, I know you couldn't see it, but I really loved the White Walker battle. I wanted to to Mm -hmm. end a different way. Um, Although when it happened, when it ended, I was fired up. Like I got up and did a fist pump like the Sabres just won a playoff game. See, Um, I'm a nerd, so I love like the military tactics. Like I thought the, I thought the White Walker (laughs) one was like lame. Yeah. The 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 Boltons like where they're like surrounding them and like marching forward with the shields. Yeah, I thought that was like pretty cool. Like yeah. I just thought I just thought it was like really well shot. The Battle of the Bastards one. Yeah. Well, um, sp- speaking of uh, just r- circling your opponent and then just beating them <laughs> into into a pulp, um, the Bruins five to one over the Sabers today. You know what? That's actually not really fair. Now watching the game, I thought that it was really the Bruins controlling the game. The numbers didn't come out that way. The Sabres actually controlled possession in this game, barely. I mean, it was pretty even, but they did come out a little bit on top. 
expected goals for in the game. The Sabres actually uh, come, came above the Bruins with 1.76 to 1.54. I think the numbers really are putting this game on Tukarski. And I would definitely agree with that. I mean, great story for Dustin Tukarski. You know, getting his first NHL win since his father passed away last week and, and, uh, and pointing to the heavens as he wins his first game in five years. Then the NHL names him the first star of the week. By the way, the first time a Sabre had done that in seven years, which is amazing because it's been a lot of weeks since then. Um, so, like, great last two weeks for Dustin Tukarski. Great, sco- great story. But he looked like the AHL goaltender that he really is at the root uh, today against the Bruins. He let in a couple of softies that are why he's not an NHL goaltender and are why he has not been an NHL goaltender for half a decade. So hopefully, you know, he gets back on his feet here, finishes strong the season, but never a guy that's meant much to the Sabres long term. If anything, he will be the guy that is exposed to Seattle. That's about his role with the Sabres after this year. Lukanen is the guy that I'm excited to see. That will be tomorrow night. Don Granado said Ukapeka Lukanen will make his NHL debut Friday night against the Boston Bruins. We are recording this on Thursday night, by the way, if you're wondering. Um, is that enough to, to make you dialed in? We're not going to do a podcast after the game because this is our Friday episode. But is Lukanen starting enough to get you to the game? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm concerned uh i think i i'll probably do the sign of the cross for the game um (laughs) after seeing all of his numbers and seeing all the reports out of rochester i am alarmed for him um but i hope he does well uh maybe maybe it's one of those cases i think i've I've heard it before like he's just bored in rochester so that's what i'm hoping for uh but i I, yeah i don't know i don't have a high expectation um but you know, the team would be really, it would be really beneficial for the team for Ukebeke to be good. So I'm hoping yeah. for him for a even, good game. Even by next year. I'm not sure there's enough games for him to make a big enough impression to start the season with the Sabres next year, but it'll be something I'm looking for. Like how close is he to NHL ready? Like, does he just look like he's way out of his element? Like he's not even close. The quickness is too much for him. You know, that, that'll be something that I'm looking for with Lukanen. Uh He'll be wearing number one by the way, me and Mike Shope were kind of arguing about this. Like I, I still think number one is kind of boring because I, I just feel like it's too common of a goalie number. I like, I like when guys change it up. Brayden Holpe wearing 70 Vasilevsky wearing 88. Um, you know, like th- those are the first two that come to mind for me. And Mike pointed out that like, there's really not a lot of goaltenders that wear number one anymore though. Like back in the day, it was a thing. The Sabres haven't had one on a, consistent basis since Jonas Enroth. Now, Andre Makarov did wear it. Uh, Makarov wore legend. it once. Saber legend. You, you, you loved him uh, coming in. He's the last Saber to wear number one. Lukanen's going to wear number one. But even still, I, I don't like one on a goalie. I'll, I'll say it. I, you know what? Go, go for a high number. Be your own guy. Go wear 96. It gives me uh, like backup goalie vibes. Number yeah, one. that's right. That's right. I, I think it just uh, like I don't. There aren't many starters that are number one. Uh, yeah, who in the? I, I tried to find this the other day, and I couldn't think of anyone off the top of my head. I still don't have it in front of me. Um, so I guess I'll just be trying to do it again. But starting goalies in the league right now that we're number one, like Luongo's gone. Uh, Varlamov changed to forty when he got to the to the island. 
Uh, I got to Casey DeSmith with the Penguins, but he's really more of a, a, a split guy for the Penguins. I can't really think of another one in the NHL right now. Do you have one off the top of your head, or are you kind of tapped out on that too? Yeah, I, I did that like Kincaid or something where number one. I don't Kincaid. Like, I think that's right. Kincaid. Though. He's yeah. not a starter, but, but he's not a right. starter, but he was like, I just remember like, I, for some reason that name popped in my head. Oh, but yeah, Thomas, it's not Thomas a very Grace. Thomas. Grace okay. Is another one. Okay. But even him, him, he's uh, he was a, he's a French guy for most of his career too. Right. So it just has a very strong, like, backup connotation to it i don't know i like traditional i think like the numbers in the 30s are always the ones i like the most yeah occasional That's, i think that, yeah. like Corey crawford's cool like where he was 50 mm-hmm. like that was that was a decent look but yeah I'm, like, I'm a traditionalist so you don't like vasilevsky wearing 88 no i i don't mind it I, oh you're fine unique, okay but it's but it's like 88 i think you know give that to a forward give it to a winger with that yeah. tucks in his jersey. You know what I like to see from Lukanen? Like something a goalie you've never seen them wear, like five. <laughs> like, could you imagine a goalie wearing number five? Is that not? I a- want them to bring back, I want them to get the double zeros going. I know, but the NHL's lame. So that <laughs> happened in the, the NFL. They loosened their numbers restrictions. Maybe there the NHL was, will follow suit. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, like, there was like a, I don't want to call it like an epidemic, but it was like, a, it was like viral. Like around college football, they just like randomly, there are just safeties everywhere, just being number zero. Really, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I was like, but Why it's only it safeties. But it, it just, I just felt like it was like there was just for some reason it just spread like wildfire that a uh, safety came up with the idea. Hey, I can be zero, and it's like, oh boy, why? <laughs> like, why, why would it be banned in the first place in the NHL? I don't understand that. Like. Baron wore it, and then they outlawed it. I think if a guy likes a lot of like math, and he just wants to put the, like the pie symbol on his jersey, he should be allowed to do that. <laughs> that might be a step too far because you're gonna confuse a lot of hockey fans out there that weren't good in math class. Um, <laughs> it's three point one four one five seven nine. The wrist aligning people, <laughs> the wrist aligning people won't like that. Uh, um, uh, speaking of wrist aligning, uh, you know he played. I think. The fewest amount of minutes on the team tonight is want to double check that. No, Samuelson. That pairing played the least. That's what I was thinking of. The Ristolainen and Samuelson pairing played the least. Um, they, man, I mean, Samuelson just looks like young, slow Ristolainen. Uh, and that pairing, I mean, oh my, it was making me, I was going to pull my hair out watching them on the ice. Luckily, it didn't happen a lot. Dali and Yoki Haru were awesome tonight again. I thought they did end up with a minus three, but again, I think, at least two of those goals were really rough by Tokarski. One of them was a, a shot from Nick Ritchie, like on the wall. Like, I mean, you can't fault anybody on the ice but the goalie for that one. So Dalene Yokiharu looked good. The Bryson Borgen pairing, am I right when we did the episode earlier in the week about the opening night lineup projections? Did we both have Bryson Borgen as a pairing, or was that just me? I did not. I think I forgot about Borgen. Borgen wasn't even in your top six? Because you had Risto, I think. I had Risto, yeah. That's right. That was the difference. Um, but Borgen and Bryson look good together. Borgen definitely make, made a couple of mistakes. But, I mean, first game in two months, that was going to happen. Plus, he's still a rookie. Although, he was the second oldest defenseman on the ice tonight for the Sabres. Isn't that crazy? Borgen tonight was the second oldest defenseman on the ice for them. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. 
he he did have some nice moments. He got walked by Taylor Hall on one goal, where Wall then hit the post. Story of his season. Um, Bryson looked good. He got up about around 21 minutes of ice time. I kind of criticized him in the last episode for having a rough week or two, but he had a really nice game, I thought, tonight. And then the last thing to speak of on tonight's game, trying to look for positives in a 5-1 loss, uh, the one goal comes from R2 Rootsalainen. And it was a good goal, like batting it out of midair, going to the net. He's up to three goals in eight games now. More goals than Hall on the season for the Sabres. Um, I don't want to just beat a dead horse, but amazing that he wasn't here until this point. You know, all the injuries that happened is what it took for Rootsalainen to get in the lineup. And he's scoring goals around the net. It's not like anything about the ice size would have been something that he picked up in Rochester as to why he's scoring goals. Um Ritzelainen looks good. He's up. He's three goals in eight games for the Sabres. He's five goals with the Amherst in 13 games and then 16 goals with uh, Liv, Livis, I can never pronounce it, in the Liga for Finland. So he is up to 24 get goals in 40 games played um, for the entire season if you count all three leagues together. So Ritzelainen looks good. The uh, one more news item we'll get to, and then I want to talk about uh, the 10-year anniversary from Thursday with Jordan when we come back. Uh, one more news item. Jack Quinn out for the season with the hernia surgery. So his Rochester season ends with nine points in 15 games. He got a little bit of center in at the end, but I'd imagine he'll go back to the wing on a full-time basis when he gets to the AHL again or the NHL. I don't really know. I think he could go anywhere next year. I'm not even sure. I don't think I would want to put him in the OHL because he looked good enough in the AHL to, to warrant staying there. But um, I just want to go super young next year. I think my average age of my opening night lineup was 23. And Quinn here at 20 years old, like, fine, do it. You know, eighth overall pick. Cousins did it the year before. Eighth overall pick, one year of developing. Boom, he's with the team. Um, or 15 games, though, I guess is not a lot. So what do you think? Right now, if you had to put your money on it, is he at Sabre next year to start the year or no? Um, the injury I think hurts a little bit. Um, he's probably not going to get the off season that he would like. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I mean, if there's any team to make it's this one, <laughs> yeah, so that's right. I just, I just wonder what, I mean, it'll be interesting with, with whether there's a new coach and all that, but that's true. If it's Granado, I might feel more optimistic just because he plays the young guy so much. Speaking of that, the, sorry, there was one more thing I wanted to get to in tonight's game. The entire game, both teams, uh, number one in shot share, number one in expected goals for, number one in Corsi, number one in Fenwick, Casey Middlestad. Best player on the ice for either team. He is having an awesome season. So good to see. Like They really needed that. Thompson looked good too. I'm not sure though. Thompson just might be a, a product of how good Middlestad's looked. I, I kind of want to make that point because I – Sam Thompson. Um, all right, we'll, we'll take a break here. When we come back, 10-year anniversary of the last Sabre playoff win. We'll get Jordan's memories of that game, that series, that season, and um, we'll look back a decade when we come back on the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. I mean, do I need to say any more? Are we good? No? Uh, 18 amazing flavors for the delicious 
Built Bar, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Those are the six new flavors to go along with your 12 original flavors. Peanut Butter Brownie, definitely my favorite of the original flavors. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. But Bilt Bar, great for the healthy, conscious guy as well. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diet. And if you want an example, peanut butter flavor, that's 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. The ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Lockdown and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockonfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It has been 10 years since the Sabres last won a playoff game. Thursday, April 22nd, yesterday, assuming you're listening to this on Friday morning, was the 10-year anniversary of Tyler Ennis scoring the overtime goal, Game 5 in Philadelphia, to put the Sabres ahead three games to two. I, I talked about that goal in that that game a little bit on Thursday's episode, Jordan. And I think the overall point that I came away with was that team was such a good story. Best team in hockey from January on, making that crazy run to the playoffs. I never thought they were a team, though, that could win anything in the playoffs. I never thought they were some team that could go on a deep playoff run. But when that until that goal went in, when that goal went in, they had had so many lucky goals against the Flyers. The, the, the goaltending on the other side was so bad. It just felt like I was a kid too. So it was like they were getting so many bounces, so many breaks that it was like, this team is a team of destiny. Like they're going all the way. And that was the first time I had that thought, I think. Um, yeah, I think that that, that goal uh, was pretty special. That team was so strange. There's a lot of weirdness. Like the fact that Rob Niedermeyer was employed by the Buffalo Sabres was just (laughs) fascinating. Mark Andre Grignani uh, being like a heavy, heavy usage in the playoffs that that series. Most points Um, in that series. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I think Pat Coletta scored a game winner in game one. Yep. Yeah. So it was like wild series. Um, From what I remember, I actually watched some of that game uh, today. And um, man, the Sabers were Sabers were a gritty bunch. It's like a totally different team than the one we have now. Now the one we have now has definitely more talent, but that team in 2011 was tough to play against. I don't think teams enjoyed going toe to toe with the Sabers. Yeah, I think that the one you had Miller, and then you had like he's had a lot of guys just buzzing around, causing like trouble. Like trying to stir things up, trying to get on the the wrong side of people. It's a Lindy Ruff team, um, and uh, it was a Lindy Ruff team that didn't have the talent that they had in two thousand seven. So it was it was a special group in that sense. Um, but even like guys like Nathan Gerby, like Nathan Gerby is kind of a pest. Yeah, he like, was, especially it, in that series. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I that's that's what I remember most of that series. Do you remember? I'll, I'll throw some trivia your way. Can you name okay. all the Flyers goalies that play in that series? Oh, I'm pretty sure I can. I could maybe even remember how they went in and out. Uh, you had. Oh, wait, let me let me double. You had Bobrovsky start it, right? Bobrovsky starts the series. And I think he maybe even gets pulled in game one. Game one. Uh, and mm, then game one was game one was the one. No, nothing. no. Ga- right. So that would have been game one. It would have been game two at least. And then I think Boucher comes in second and Michael Layton comes in third and then maybe back to Boucher and back to Layton. There was a flip-flop there a couple times. I think Boucher was the winning goalie. They okay. pulled the plug on the best one quick. Like the one that turned out to be the best one. They pulled the plug on Bobrovsky fast. Oh, yeah. They, they really did. <laughs> Um, I have, I have some trivia for you. Well, I guess not trivia. I'll just read them off. Cause it's interesting. The Sabres, and this goes to your point of like how gritty they were. They had like f- three of their four lines had checking elements to it. Um, th- these were the Sabres lines. The last time they made the playoffs courtesy of Adam. I just looked it up on Twitter. Adam Kimmelman, who is NHL.com. In fact, it, it's so long ago that at the bottom it like, you know, like on Twitter, how it shows you like where it was sent from. Um, this one says Twitter for Blackberry. So that's that's where these lines are courtesy <laughs> of. The last Saber playoff win going into the game, their lines were Niedemeyer on, I guess, line one, centering Ennis and Pominville. I guess that's their line one. So Rob Niedemeyer was their top line center. Uh, line two was Cody McCormick centering Mike Greer and Brad Boys. You had <laughs> Tim Connolly centering Nathan Gerby and Drew Stafford. That's probably more line two. That line's better than yeah, line right. by far. And I think this one is too. And then this is a weird one. You had Gostad centering Vanek and Coletta. Those were the Sabres lines going into that game. And like, again, you've got Niedemeyer on the one line. You got Greer and McCormick on another. Gerby and even Stafford was a little physical. You had them on a line. And then you had Gostad and Coletta on a line. Like they had, they had fourth liners on every single line. <laughs> or third the fact that line. Vanek was on a line with... Gossett Coletta, just Coletta, yeah. just like Coletta. What sort, of, what sort of what sort of chemistry clutch. is there? Yeah, he's clutch. How many I guys? The, you what? being a big Coletta guy is so strange. I he was he was electric. <laughs> no, he was, but it's like it's very. It, he was entertaining. That's that's what it, I. I you doubt know, his different... analytic grade is high. Oh no, it had, it had to have been terrible. <laughs> Although there was one analytic or there's one stat with Coletta that I'll always carry around that if you from in his career from like 06 to 15, he had drawn the second most penalties in hockey. And if you look at all the names around him, they're all superstars. Like Giroux was first. Crosby was third. uh, You had like the Sedins right up there. And then there was just Coletta drawn in there, but doing it a completely different way. Like he was just getting people upset with them where the other guys, it was just like, we can't defend them. Um, so well, yeah, he Coletta was, he really was a hustle crazy. guy. He was like the, like the premier hustle guy, like, but he Coletta was going to leave it all on the ice. That's right. And, whether it and, be, whether it be a game misconduct or right. You know, uh, a 
garbage rebound goal. Like Coletta was going to do something, do something 150%. Do you, do you remember the goal he scored in game one? Yes. Um, it was, it was, was it a shot or was it like a, it rebound? was a rebound rebound, like a horrible rebound. I think it was, I'm going to watch it. I'm watching it right now. It's a, a Meyer shot. Rebound. It's a Meyer shot from the point. It's Gostad, Coletta, it and like Derby. Straight forward. Yeah, it's an awful job by <laughs> Bobrovsky. I mean, it's right in front. It's and a Coletta, straight forward. I'm not even sure Coletta hits the puck with his s- stick. He might even hit it with his knee. No, he shoots it. He shoots Coletta it. has a celebration, though, that you would think that he's fighting for Rocket Richard trophies. Oh, it's the Briere fist pump, but with a little loop de loop at the top. <laughs> um, he was, uh, he was also, yeah, he was like, he would do like the, like the, like the uh, loco, and then he would like put his, like, then he would like tap the ice with his glove. Yeah. Uh, he had an assist in that game five, by the way. I've got that game five open. Um, Coletta did have an assist. So he finished that series with one goal and two assists in six games. They, uh, that game five, though, just to read off some of the other players that were in that game for the Sabres, Ennis had two goals. So he had the bad angle shot like two minutes into the game. And I remember being tense about that game going in. It was 2-2. And Ennis scores right away. And it was like, oh, all right. We'll relax a little bit. And then Vanek scored a bad angle goal like two seconds later, too. And Boucher got pulled for Leighton. So it was like, all right, we already chased the goalie. We're only five minutes into the game. Um, and then they didn't score again. The Flyers claw their way back until Ennis scores the second one, which is kind of the same goal, right? It's a re- it's a shot from the point that the goalie puts, I guess Ennis is more to the side, and then Ennis buries it in the rebound. Um, Ennis is one of four players left in the NHL that played in that game. Can you name the others? It might not be that hard. Four players left in the NHL that played in that game. Yes. Well, Miller... Miller's one for Anaheim. This is just the Sabres? Nope, either either team. And there's five. Sorry, there's five. So you've got two of them. Claude Giroux played in that game. Claude Giroux did. He had two assists, played 25 minutes. The other and two were kind of tough. Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky didn't play. Oh, he didn't play in the dress. game. He didn't dress even. He was the third guy by that point. Because was, Leighton came in for Boucher. Was Jakob Voracek not on the Flyers yet? No, he wasn't. Okay. Um, um, the other... The other two are James Van Riemsdyk, who scored a goal in that game. He's oh, okay. Back on the Flyers. And then Braden Coburn, who's on the Islanders right now. That one I would not have gotten. I, I would have Coburn. assumed he retired seven years ago. I mean, he should have, probably. He's <laughs> the worst. Um, JVR. JVR was, that was a big name. JVR. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was gettable, but that would have been tough. So, yeah. 10 years. Definitely. It's been 10 years since we've been back. It's sad. We're due. We are due times. We're due times ten. How, how many more years will it be? If one. I said, if I less said the one, less than one, that's not possible. making it. Making um, it next year. <laughs> I think mathematically, the oh next year you mean? I meant this it. year. Uh, if I set the over under at two and a half years, give me the under. I'm a hopeful guy. Okay, I would definitely hammer the over. Um, that's that's so a good. Sad. That's a good poll question. Where do you th- is that is that a good enough line? Does it to make it a better question? Does it have to be three and a half? No, I think it's got to be maybe three. If I put it at three, then you've got to choose between two or four. Three doesn't get you anything. Um, <laughs> I'm okay. just gonna say every year. I think I'm gonna say the Sabers make the playoffs every year in perpetuity well, until they finally make it. 
Well, you're going to be the boy who cried wolf then. It's like, here comes yeah. Jordan picking the Sabres to make the playoffs again. I mean, okay, that's and then whatever. I got, I got to... Um, Nothing bad happened to him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I got to take one last victory lap here before we get out of here. I think last week, I think, Jordan, you were here for it. I blew up about how bad the Jacob Vrana, Anthony Mantha trade was for the Capitals. Because, were you here for that? Um... Um, after, yeah. after deadline day. Do you remember us talking yeah. about that? Okay, I was infuriated. Like, not infuriated. I, was, I couldn't believe it. Because I think Verona is a better player than Mantha. And he's just underutilized. Sixth best point production per 60 minutes of ice time in the NHL in the last, since his career started. And Mantha is good. He's a goal scorer, though, and there's not much else to his game. And Verona's like electric. He's fast. He can stick handle. He can score. And the Capitals gave up Vrana plus Richard Ponick, a first and a second round pick just to get Mantha. And Vrana, who had a goal and an assist in his first three games for the for the Red Wings, tonight has four goals. He has a four goal game going right now against the Dallas Stars. And the game's actually still going. So maybe he gets ahead of that. And I just want to take a little victory lap there that Washington, you just gave up a better player and your first and second round picks. And you're stupid. So, I guess they're at the top of the division. Yeah. Would Taylor Hall have wanted to go there? Washington? (laughs) Also, I guess... they didn't want him. I guess I should have looked this up first before I did that. Mantha has four goals in four games for Washington. Yeah, he's good, too. It might be working out for them also. (laughs) That's so much stuff to give up for Mantha. So much. I think, to answer your question, I think Hall should have accepted a trade to Washington. But... I'm guessing Washington wasn't in on him. I yeah, it sounded like there weren't many teams that were in on. It was Toronto, it was the Islanders, it was the Bruins, and then the the Golden Knights sounds like had the best offer, but Hall just didn't want to go out west. Why would he not want to go play for the Knights? I would love to, I would much rather go play for Vegas than Boston. Right? I know. I've never been I've never warm. been to either city, but Vegas is nice. Yeah. Boston just like something more Boston. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us on today's podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at sneaky Joe sports. Jordan is at JR Hanskin and the podcast account is at locked on Sabres. I'll be hosting a locker room Friday night. So after the Sabres play the Bruins, we'll, uh, we'll have a quick chat about Ukapeka Lukanen's debut. And if you got any questions and a little bit, uh, live mailbag, you can throw them my way as well. You can even chime in yourself uh, on the app. So, Come back for that tomorrow. And this has been the Lockdown Sabres Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.